0: I thought doing the first one of these was bad, and it got okay after a bit, but it... We're in episode, like, 80 by now. God, time moves so weird here. And, uh, let me tell you all, they cannot all be hereditary. <laughs> um, we gotta... First of all, I should introduce myself. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm the host of this podcast, Somewhere floating around me is Bailey, who's around. I don't know if he said anything, but hi. Anyways, I've got my lovely, insightful co-host, Egg, as always. Egg, say hello. <laughs> That's a good point, Egg. Uh, anyways, we're gonna... They can't all be hereditary. And even if they were, Biley wouldn't let us cover them anyways because they don't start with a B. So, we got a, a group of movies today that we'll talk about. First of all, I've got Burdemic Shock and Terror. If you want to follow along with me, you can do that at wikipedia.org slash wiki slash colon underscore shock underscore and underscore terror. Uh, I'm going to go through and review this Wikipedia profile and see if it got me as spooked as uh, the movie itself would be. Um, I'm going to rate it at the end and we'll see how we go. Let's take it from the top. Birdemic, shock and terror, often shortened to Burdemic, which makes sense because that's, that's what's in front of the colon, is a, 2012, a 2010 American independent romantic horror film. That's cute was written, directed, and produced by James Young, and stars Ellen Baugh and Whitney Moore. It was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, where Demick tells the story of a romance between the two main characters as their small town is attacked by birds. This film was largely self-financed and was produced through Young's Moviehead pictures company for a budget of less than $10,000. That's really cool. This podcast is also produced for a budget of less than $10,000. This film has gained notoriety for its poor quality, with many critics citing it as one of the worst films of all time. This podcast also has poor quality, and I also cite it as one of the worst podcasts of all time. So, we have that in common. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Okay, um... This Wikipedia page—it has a cast list. It's got a lot on the production and the promotion and release and reception. Um, so that's cool. It's—it's it's a pretty well, pretty pretty well-rounded um, thing. Pretty well-rounded article altogether. Um, the plot section is probably where it falls short because it's pretty short. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, start reading that to you. Not that I know what Biley could do that's worse than making me do this, but I guess I don't want to find out. Rod is a young software salesman living a successful life in Silicon Valley. He meets up with old classmate and aspiring fashion model Natalie and begins dating her. Things go well for the couple, with Rod receiving a large bonus that he uses to start his own business, while Natalie is chosen as a Victoria's Secret model. Damn, we're making moves for ourselves. Good work, power couple. As they they grow closer, the couple remains oblivious to signs of something going wrong around them, such as unexplained wildfires and the carcasses of deceased birds turning up on beaches. That's spooky. After consummating their relationship in a motel, hell yeah, get it, Rod and Natalie wake up to find that their town is under attack from eagles and vultures. The birds spit acid and explode into flames upon striking the ground, having become toxic and mutated due to global warming. I'm as spooked out by global warming as the rest of us, but I don't think that's what it's going to do. I think it's just going to kill things. Anyways, Rod and Natalie escape from the motel by joining up with an ex-marine named Ramsey and his girlfriend Becky. As they leave town, they rescue two young children, Susan and Tony, whose parents have been killed by the birds. huh. The group proceeds to drive from one town to the next, fending off more bird attacks along the way and briefly meeting a scientist named Dr. Jones studying the phenomenon. Becky is killed by the birds. Ramsey tries to save a busload of tourists. As they leave the bus, Ramsey and the tourists are killed by acid that's dropped by the birds. Natalie stops Rod from attempting to rescue Ramsey because she fears the birds will kill him, too. That's a shame. Natalie, Rod, and the kids continue to flee from the birds, driving into a forest where they briefly meet a tree-hugger named Tom Hill, who talks to them about the dangers of global warming. After escaping a forest fire, the quartet ultimately settles on a small beach, where Rod fishes for dinner. As they prepare to eat, they're attacked by birds, but then doves appear and all the birds leave in peace. The film ends as Rod, Natalie, and kids watch the birds fly off into the horizon. This movie has a running time of 93 minutes, and I have no idea where it went, because that took me two minutes to get through, and there's not a lot there. Anyways, this one doesn't really seem like it's that strong of a movie, so I guess I'm gonna move on to the next movie. I. Biley wants me to cover next, uh, Bikini Bloodbath. You can find that at wikipedia.org slash wiki slash bikini underscore bloodbath. Uh, first of all, this page is not very good. It has, um, a cast and references and a basic overview. It doesn't... Biley. this doesn't have a plot summary. I don't know how you want me to cover... No, no, I, I get... Egg. Can you weigh in on this? I don't think that it's going to be a good... No, fine, I'll read the page. Okay, I just want to make sure that we're all aware of what's going on. Um, okay, so this one kind of builds off of... So a lot of people complain that horror movies are just an excuse to get people in scanty clothing and to see them naked, and I don't think that this is doing people that argue against that any favors. Um, Bikini Bloodbath is a 2006 comedy film that parodies the horror slashy movies of the 1980s. Written and directed by Jonathan Gorman and Thomas Edward Seymour, the film focuses on a high school girls volleyball team that plans to host an end-of-semester party. Two members of the boys' football team crash the party, but the problems begin when the the maniacal when the maniacal chief death, sorry, when the maniacal chef death, a serial killer portrayed by Rob Cause, who wields meat cleavers and culinary one-liners, interrupts the procedures by slaying the partygoers. Okay. Shot on locations across Connecticut in 2005, Bikini Bloodbath was planned as the first of an ongoing horror comedy series. The film was released on DVD on December 2007, and its sequels, Bikini Bloodbath Car Wash, named the number one ridiculously o- named the number one ridiculously awesome horror movie titles of all time in 2010 by Mark H. Harris and About.com Guide, and Bikini Bloodbath Christmas, are also out on DVD. Co-director Seymour cited the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy for the inspiration of creating back-to-back films. Uh, It's smart of the filmmakers to realize that Peter Jackson invented the sequel. Additional films in the Bikini Bloodbath series are being planned. Debbie Racon stars in all three films as a volleyball coach. Other actors in the series include Lloyd Kaufman, Rachel Robbins, Monique Gada dupree and Sherry Lynch. On March 13th, 2019, while promoting Jordan Peele's Us, The Ellen Show spoke about bikini bloodbath car wash in a segment called Real Scary or Real Fake. Okay, I'm glad that's included in the Wikipedia article. So this article's not very good. I uh, It only has a main section, and I think that a couple of those are just... People like Mark H. Harris trying to get their own names into a Wikipedia article to get more clout. Uh, so apparently was a 72-minute running movie, so I don't really know how much to say about it, except that it doesn't seem like it was very good. Yeah. Anyways, the uh, the next film that Biley wants me to cover um, is also a pretty subpar wikipedia entry um, but i will say that it does have a fairly robust plot summary which is surprising considering that the next movie we're covering is bad kids go to hell you can find this and read along with me at wikipedia.org slash wiki slash bad underscore kids underscore go underscore to underscore hell. Anyways, Bad Kids Go to Hell is a 2012 dark comedy thriller film directed by Matthew Spradlin, who co-wrote it with Barry Wernick, based on Smadik and Wernick's best-selling graphic novel of the same name. I I don't know how much of a bestseller it is because I've never heard of it. But it, the film stars Amanda Ouch, Mark Donato, Augie Duke, Roger Edwards, Ali Faulkner, and Cameron Dean Stewart as six prep school students who served detention in a seemingly haunted high school library. It had a limited theatrical release on October 27, 2012. On December seventh, 2012, it was released nationwide. The film was also screened at various public destinations across the U.S. Okay. So, the article itself isn't too bad it's reference it has a references section and external links it also has a cast page and a sequel thing which is surprising that there's a sequel but here we are um and so now that we've talked about the rest of the article which isn't that good i think it's time that we get into the plot Uh, the plot of this movie is that a SWAT team barges into a school library to find a student holding an axe and surrounded by savaged bodies before the film goes back eight hours previously oh it's like a spooky time travel novel this is cool six unruly prep school students are forced to serve Saturday detention for eight hours at Crestview Academy where psychologist Dr. Day conducts psychological testing on the students to examine their personalities and trigger their demeanors Recording each session in the process. When Headmaster Nash gives an expulsion notice to low-income student Matt Clark, Matt convinces him to change it to an eight-hour detention on a Saturday. Going from an expulsion to an eight-hour detention is a pretty big jump, so good work on Matt on your talking skills on that one. Um, Matt serves the detention with the awkward Tarek Ahmed the jock Craig Cook, the sly goth girl Veronica Harmon, and the prissy and asthmatic Megan McDurst, and the popular girl Tricia Wilkes. So it's kind of like the Breakfast Club, except the only breakfast that these kids are getting served is death. For their detention, Dr. Day takes away their phones, restricts their internet reach, and gives them an assignment to write the school's history. He then locks the students alone in the school's new library, which has... uh, which has had some further remodeling by the, ma- by the janitor, Max, with his addition of Native American portraits and an Apache statue. The students believe the library is haunted. They realize they have mutually dysfunctional family lives, that they have their differences with each other sparked from prior encounters that have been recorded on camera. Marika hides Megan's inhaler and frames Tarek, leading to Megan having an asthma attack and dying. That's spooky. I would not want to serve in a detention where a kid died. With limited computer access to the school's data banks, Victoria begins work on their history projects. They learn how land was stolen from an Apache tribe in the 1870s by General Andrew Winston Clark, which was then taken over by the city of Crestview to build the school. The new library was built on neighboring land that belonged to recently deceased Apache elder Jacob Rainwater. Okay. So this is kind of like Boltergeist, in which it's built on stolen Native American land. Frankly, that kind of describes the whole nation. But we're going to focus on this one school for now. As the students argue off and on, they discover a vent that allows them to navigate to different rooms that are locked. They learn that Matt has an undisclosed criminal background and become suspicious of him. After Tarek goes missing and they return to the library through the vent, they learn that Trisha's mother is the governor. And Craig's father is a city councilman, and Megan's father co-owns the property on which Tarek's father's company built the library, all of whom made an agreement with the school to ensure their spoiled kids would be guaranteed to graduate in exchange for gifting the library. A dark storm rages outside the school, tampering with the lights and electronics outside, increasing the students' feeling that there's a paranormal activity. Craig falls down the steps in the library and is staked by one of his crutches, dying instantly. That's spooky. I, I can't believe that two of these kids are dying from random happenstance so far. Not long after, Trisha admits her mother was the reason why Rainwater lost his house, and Veronica secures evidence on Craig's camera showing that Trisha, Craig, Megan, and Tarek had killed Jacob Rainwater at his home to vacate the ownership of the property, leaving no next of kin to take over. Deeply believing in the paranormal, they con- they attempt to contact Jacob's spirit so that Tricia can call a truce, but the spirit rebels and seemingly harms Veronica. The spirit then appears, and Trisha uses a nail gun to commit suicide due to the fright. This is spooky. I don't know why they think that Jacob would make a truce with them considering that these kids all murdered him, but I guess that's what they did. Dr. Day emerges to reveal his alliance with Veronica. The whole time, they masterminded everyone's paranormal delusions and emotional outbursts. I don't think masterminded is a word, Wikipedia, but you're trying your best. Uh, they masterminded everyone's paranormal delusions and emotional outbursts, triggered by psychological inkblot tests, all to sell the story and make money. Killed by Dr. Day for trying to escape through event, Treyarch's dead body is what was used as the ghost. Okay. Before Veronica can shoot Matt using the nail gun, Dr. Day abruptly kills her with an axe for poisoning him and causing his diarrhea earlier. That's spooky. Matt is framed for all the murders, and an unexpected booby trap involving the statue severs Dr. Day's head, killing him. A SWAT team barges in to find Matt armed with an axe in the middle of the carnage. Matt is subdued, placed in a straitjacket, and gagged. Max the janitor arrives, revealing that he's related to Jacob Rainwater. In the closing credits, Matt is driven away in an ambulance, and Trisha's mother, Tarek's father, and Craig's father pay off Headmaster Nash in order to clear them of any involvement in the incident. Okay, so that's just kind of a spooky movie about a bunch of kids that die accidentally and then on purpose. Judd Nelson is in this movie. So it's just like The Breakfast Club. I forgot to rate these Wikipedia pages. Um, I think that Birdemic's Wikipedia page is probably a good... even though the movie's not good, I think it gets a 7 out of 10 on the Wikipedia page. However, the other one, the bikini one, I think that one only gets like a 2. This one, however, has a pretty okay Wikipedia page, and I think it's going to get like a 6. Hold on. I'm hearing a lot of speaking noise, and outside I... In the same way that the dark storm raging outside of the school leads the, these students to believe there's paranormal activity. I'm starting to get a little spooked by the weather outside. It was sunny 5 minutes ago. No. Oh my god, did you guys do it? Guys, did you all do it? Did you all break this...